0: just want to bless uh the ellis's uh if you just join join me in prayer real quick uh father god we just lift up our pastors to you father god we lift up their family lord and uh uh, we we know you favor them lord god we know that they're blessed father but 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 we just pray even more blessings (laughs) upon them father we just pray that 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 everything goes supremely well father Uh, we pray that everything falls in together that everybody's personalities and everything click we pray that that bride in her special day father god is free of stress father we just pray your grace on her lord um and 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 father we just pray that uh, you will bring them back safely to us lord because we love them father and uh we can't wait to be reunited with them Lord and so we can continue this journey that we're going on together Lord in Jesus name amen amen well I'm not used to getting up here this early I'm going to go ahead and release the children Uh, Todd said crew is staying oh man who put that there awesome So how late do y'all want to get lunch started today? How much time do I have? I'll, I'll let Adam make that call. How much time I got, man? <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> What'd you say? All right. Praise the Lord. I'm I'm going to start briefly in 1 Peter chapter 5 verse 6 and then I'm going to finish in the the book of Daniel And I'm reading uh, the ESV version. And it says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. I'm going to read that part again. Humble yourselves, therefore, Amen. You know, uh, you can go ahead and make your way to Daniel chapter 1. and I felt it necessary to start with that verse because I feel it's a good prelude to some of the things we learn through Daniel's story early on in the book of Daniel. And I feel like some of the things that Daniel and we learned the three Hebrew boys that were with him, that were renamed to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, just think about the experience that they had. And I think we cannot just gloss over that and go to stories like the lion's den and and, and the fiery furnace and all that without... Spending a little time on that backstory. We learn in chapter 1 that Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, besieged Jerusalem, conquered them, and in the process, he took the best and brightest of their young people, including Daniel, uh, Hananiah, Azariah, and Mishael, taking all of those young men so so that they can be indoctrinated, educated, and taught how to conduct themselves in the presence of the king and be used of him in his service. Now, these are young men in their early teens. So imagine this. You're living in Jerusalem. You're serving the almighty God. You're learning how to walk with him. You're learning how to walk in his ways. And a pagan king comes and lays ruin to the place, takes you out of the place of God and marks you for service in his ungodly kingdom. Somehow, some way. You're going to have to figure things out. You know, there's not a convenient scripture for this. This is one of those things that you're going to have to trust God and walk it out step by step. I have no idea which way to go. Because I, I went from a king who honored the Lord, or should have, I I went from a country whose God is the Lord to being a, a slave or a servant to a king who dared lay siege in the place of God. Take the vessels of God, the sacred, holy vessels of God out of the house of God and put them into the house of his God. What to do? What to do when you're no longer in Jerusalem, you're in Babylon. Oh, it's easy to stand for God in Jerusalem. It's easy to be bold and strong in the faith in Jerusalem. Not so much so in Babylon. Verse 3. Then the king commanded Ashpenaz, his chief eunuch, to bring some of the people of Israel, both of the royal family and of the nobility, youth without blemish, of good appearance and skillful in all wisdom, endowed with knowledge, understanding, learning, and competent to stand in the king's place, and to teach them the literature and language of the Chaldeans, the king assigned them a daily portion of the food that the king ate and of the wine that the king drank. They were to be educated for three years, and at the end of that time they were to stand before the king. Among these were Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah of the tribe of Judah. And the chief of the eunuchs gave them names. Daniel he called Belteshazzar. Hananiah he called Shadrach. Mishael he called Meshach. And Azariah, he called Abednego. I hope all the practice paid off. But, but Daniel, say it with me, but Daniel. But Daniel resolved that he would not defile himself with the king's food or with the wine that he drank. Then Daniel said to the steward whom the chief of the eunuchs had assigned over Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, test your servants for 10 days. Let us be given vegetables to eat and water to drink. Then let our appearance and the appearance of the youths who eat the king's food be observed by you and deal with your servants according to what you see. Now, I want to take note of that, that refusal by Daniel. It says he refused to defile himself with the king's food and the king's wine. Why? It could be that Daniel was simply rejecting food that was unlawful for him to eat. But I got a feeling that that, his motivation was a little deeper than that because Daniel rejected the wine, too, and that wasn't unlawful. So what did he mean when he said he did not want to defile himself with the king's food and the king's wine? Go with me here. Here's what I think. I believe he did not want his conscience tainted by the pleasures offered by the king. You know, I'm reminded of uh, some. I'll probably date myself here a little bit, but when I was a kid growing up, uh, there was uh, Dick Van Dyke and Julie Andrews did a couple of movies that were family movies in my house. And one of them was Mary Poppins. You know, and she's in the household, and the house seems like Babylon, really, the way Mr. Banks ran it and everything. But, but, She's the nanny that's called into the house, and one of the songs that she sang to the kids when she was trying to get them to take their medicine was a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down. The kids didn't want the medicine, all right? The medicine tasted nasty. They didn't want it, so she had to entice them to take the medicine. Just chase the medicine with a spoonful of sugar. That'll sweeten it up and and uh, and it worked. Before before the scene was over, the kids not only took the medicine, they're singing the song. As well as as Mary Poppins can sing the song. I think when a I think when people are conquered, and they brought and the king, as he conquered new cities, he brought people under into his palace to serve him. To serve uh, to have them eat his food and drink his wine, those are like the the spoonful of sugar, enticements, inducements, these dainty morsels that are designed to 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 influence you to be more accepting of embracing this new culture that you've been brought into and Daniel didn't want any part of that Daniel did not forget his conscience would not allow him to identify with the pagan king who besieged Jerusalem. A pagan king who, after besieging Jerusalem, took the holy vessels from the house of God and put them in the house of his pagan God. A pagan king who will likely erect monuments to himself and to his God in Jerusalem. A pagan king who is no doubt dealing very harshly with the people remaining in Jerusalem. Therefore, Daniel felt he could not eat the king's food and drink the king's wine. And I think we can learn something from Daniel in that, that we should be careful not to let certain things tether themselves to our soul to tether themselves to our conscience. Those things that present themselves in an appealing way, but when you look at them in their truest essence, they are really not of God. You might find some commonalities, some things that you might agree with, or some things that are agreeable to you, But we can't allow that to influence us and to impair our judgment in our service to the Lord. That, does that make sense? And so... So Daniel was determined that his conscience remained clean before god and man and he refused to compromise on that i think maybe this spoke to me because this was a in, in studying this this was a teachable lesson for me and sometimes i drive my family crazy when i get involved you know uh, uh, I'm watching Fox one minute. I'm watching MSNBC the next minute. I'm I, I, I'm I'm up on all the news and I got an opinion about everything and I'm frustrated about everything and my mouth is running and I'm trying to engage them in debate and they're trying to get out of the room. Yeah, you're raising your hand, I know. I've been offended many a day because I want to engage. You know, let's talk about this. Somebody needs to hear what I have to say. You know, (laughs) because the TV is not responding to me. (laughs) You know, and but what ends up happening with me is I end up I have my, my my joy is hindered. You know, the freedom that I have in the Lord, I feel shackled. I end up taking in so much of all this noise, so much of all this mess that I can't even think straight and my conscience is impaired because I've got all these messages that I'm receiving that's informing me, that's informing my attitude, all right? That's informing my, I don't know, I'll just say I'll stop with attitude. And I find myself making judgments about people that I don't even know. I find myself being super critical of the president, so much so I can't even pray for him, of Congress, so much so I can't even pray for him, of the Senate, so much so I can't even pray for him. God's word tells me what I should be doing, and yet, my conscience is compromised. You know how I know it's compromised? It's because I end up justifying to myself <laughs> behaviors that are not justifiable. Oh, well, yeah, I said that. But they did. Y'all looking at me like I'm the only one. I'm just giving you a peek, you know. Usually, I, I, I'm talking, I'm smiling, I get along with everybody, I can have a conversation with anybody about anything. But there's a side of me I don't always show, and 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 and, and that that carnal side can be a jerk. I'm, you know, or so I'm told. I can be, if I get on a point, it can be difficult for me, for you to get me off of it, all right? I will triangulate, I'll, I'll do whatever I can to impose my will, my point in this situation, and not give an inch. And in a way, it's coming back at me, because now that my daughters are 20 and 21, and you know, 17 and so forth, I'm starting to get a little bit of that back. They've learned how to stand up, but that's neither here nor there. I still win all the arguments, but that's all right. But I'm just saying that to just show how easy it is for our conscience to be compromised. When we entertain, when those things that would exalt themselves against the knowledge of God, okay, when when, when those things would exalt themselves against the knowledge of God, when we don't pull them down. Why? In what way are we compromised that, 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 that we don't, have the attitude that Daniel displayed here where he wouldn't even eat the king's food or wine. He said, whoa, 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 whoa. Wait a minute. All right. This king is not my king. This king does not serve my God. This king has ulterior motives. I know what he's trying to do. He's trying to endear himself to me. This will aid in my acceptance of his standard rather than the standard of my God. And so I'm rejecting that because I want my conscience to be clear before him so that when God speaks, I will listen. When God, when the Holy Spirit convicts me or gives me an unction to go a certain way, I'm not going to resist. I'm going to go that way. so that when the opportunity presents itself for me to represent the kingdom in Babylon I won't reject that opportunity you might feel like you're in Babylon I'm getting ahead of myself a little bit but actually not literally Babylon I think we all know I'm being figurative here but sometimes we feel like we're living in hell some of our homes feel like Babylon some of our public schools feel like Babylon some of our jobs feel like Babylon Some of our cities, our country, at times, feels like Babylon. What what are we to do? Complaining doesn't do any good. I believe that Daniel is an excellent example for us. If we will heed that example and by the grace of God apply it in our current uh, situation. Daniel humbled himself but he didn't compromise himself. He humbled himself under the mighty hand of God so that God could exalt him in due time. I'm encouraged by Daniel because Daniel is proof that we can maintain a good, clean conscience, even though we may dwell in Babylon. We don't have to be influenced by society. We don't have to be influenced by politics. We don't have to be influenced by other people who do not share our faith in the Lord. Amen? In fact, We are to be the influencers. I got a couple of amens. We are to be, you are the Daniels. You are the Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednegoes. You are well able to stand in the strength of your God and be an influence to the king, to be an influence to your leaders. I don't think you heard me. You are. I want to say another thing here. He's also proof. This is repeating some of what I've just said. He's also proof that we, Christians, the people of God, can have profound influence and impact no matter the circumstances. That even in Babylon, if that's where we are at the moment, we can advance the kingdom of God. we remain faithful and trusted if our hearts remain pure and our consciences remain clean before him he will direct our paths if we acknowledge him in all our ways he will make our paths straight I was talking to one of the brothers before church and we were talking about this and and it came up that there are some things in life that you don't have a convenient scripture for. Some situations that you just got to journey through. You just got to walk with God in the knowledge that you have in him <laughs> and in the grace that he's given you, you just have to walk and and just open your heart to him and remain humble to him and as as he tells you the next step to take. If we don't do that, we'll have no idea. We may be doing stuff but having no impact. We may be doing stuff but having no influence. Doing stuff, but not advancing the kingdom in any real way. Do y'all hear that? Uh, Flip over to chapter 2 of Daniel. Daniel. So the first thing in chapter one was Daniel, I'm sure, did not know exactly what was going to be required of him. He didn't have a blueprint that he was going to have to walk out, but he did put a flag in the stand. He did put a marker and say, here's one way I will not compromise. I am not going to let the king tether himself to my conscience. I'm not going to eat his food, his fine food. I'm not going to drink his fine wine. I'll just drink water and eat vegetables. And my God will take care of me. Now, we didn't uh, read it, but uh, we read that the uh, officer, the chief eunuch, was fearful that if he he and the uh, Hebrew boys looked worse than the other boys, that he would, his head would go on the chopping block. And Daniel, so confident in his God, said, I tell you what, give us ten days. Test it. Instead of the king's food, we'll eat vegetables and drink water. And after ten days, you'll see who looks better. You'll see who looks healthier. And he was right. And from that moment on, uh, the chief eunuch in charge of their care gave them what they wanted and had no fear of any consequences for himself. I got to believe that even that was a witness and a testimony to a man who didn't know the Lord. He believed that if he stood stood in faith that God would take care of him and God took care of him. And I believe that we need to have that same unwavering faith that if I stand firm, that if I stand strong, there may be disagreeers, there may be some blowback, but you know what? My God is faithful. My God is good. So I will stand strong in the faith and trust in him. Sorry, Daniel 2, verse 14. I figured I'd just give y'all the gist of the uh, first uh, few verses of uh, chapter 2 rather than read through them. But the gist of it is that Nebuchadnezzar started having dreams that troubled him greatly. In fact, Nebuchadnezzar was so troubled by the dreams he was having that he summoned all the wise men of his kingdom in the hope that they could solve the mystery of his dreams. The stakes were extremely high. Great reward. They would get great reward if they could do it. Death would befall them if they couldn't. Well, they failed. And in a fit of fury and rage, Nebuchadnezzar commanded, that all the wise men of Babylon be destroyed, including Daniel and his friends. And if I'm not mistaken, they're wise men in training right now. So they weren't even brought before the king initially. Verse 14. Then Daniel, he finally heard about it. Then Daniel replied, with prudence and discretion to Arioch, the captain of the king's guard, who had gone out to kill the wise men of Babylon. He declared to Arioch, the king's captain, why is the decree of the king so urgent? Then Arioch made the matter known to Daniel, and Daniel went in and requested the king to appoint him a time that he might show the interpretation to the king. And then Daniel went to his house and made the matter known to Hananiah, Mishael and Azariah his companions and told them to seek mercy from God of heaven from the God of heaven concerning this mystery so that Daniel and his companions might not be destroyed with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. Then the mystery was revealed to Daniel in a vision of the night and then Daniel blessed the God of heaven. Now I want to say something here. When Daniel inquired Notice he didn't panic, but in discretion and prudence, he went and asked what's going on here. He sought understanding, okay? He was given the terrible news. And this young boy went in and requested the king to appoint him a time that he might show the interpretation of the king. And the next few verses, he went to uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He went to them to pray with him so they could get the interpretation. So he made the commitment when he didn't even have the interpretation. It did not even occur to him or he didn't worry about the possibility that, man, if God doesn't do this for me, I'm dead. I mean, to have that kind of courage, to have that kind of boldness, to have that kind of faith in the midst of those kind of circumstances. Again, we're not in the house of God. We're in Babylon. Sometimes we look at our circumstances and we make judgments about whether or not God is there. Oh, well, God was there for him in the middle of Babylon. So God, God is there for you in the middle of your mess. God is here for us in the middle of our mess. Amen? But he's also waiting for us to realize the truth of the songs that we sing. That he's a good, good father. It's who he is. And we're loved by him. It's who we are. Amen? That this is our land. And we are well able to possess it. Amen? So Daniel made this commitment, went to his brothers, they prayed, and got the revelation. And I'm not going to, obviously, uh, it's way too long, and the point is pretty much already made. But if you ever read the interpretation that Daniel gave him, uh, it was not. Happy, happy, joy, joy, pie in the sky, all blessings for you. All right? This, as a matter of fact, you know, he told him from him being the golden head all the way down to the toes that were mixed with clay and iron, you know, basically, okay, you're ruling right now, but that's going to end. All right? Then there's going to be a weaker one that takes your place. That's going to end. All the the kingdom is going to get destroyed. And at the very end, There's going to be a a kingdom, a weapon hewn from a rock, not from man's hands, and going to destroy the last one. So basically, all he told him was there's going to be a series of destruction until you're nothing but chaff. And the man thanked him. I mean, that has to be God. I mean, <laughs> but he went into him. You, you, you know what? I, I have to back up a little bit. I'm so sorry. I'm a little scatterbrained here today. I only had a few sips of my coffee. Heather, I can relate. But, but, but even before that, when he was finally brought into the king, the king asked him a question. He said. So you're able to tell me my dreams. Now, the king, the king wanted two things done. And this is why his wise men couldn't do it. All right. The wise men wanted him to tell them the dream. And then they would do their best to give him the interpretation of it. But that wasn't good enough for him. All right. He wanted them, without telling him, he wanted them to have revelation enough to tell him what his dreams were that were scaring the heck out of him and then give him the interpretation. And they told him, no man can do that. There's no man that can do that. That will have to come from the heavens. That will have to come from the gods. And so Daniel comes before him, and he says, are you able to do this? And Daniel starts off by saying something similar to what his other wise men said. Daniel answered the king, and I'm, I'm reading in verse 27 of chapter 2. Daniel answered the king and said, No wise man, enchanters, magicians, or astrologers can show to the king the mystery that the king has asked. But there was a period there for the wise men. There's a comma there for Daniel. As Daniel said, but, everybody say but. But there is a God in heaven who reveals mysteries. But there is a God in heaven who reveals mysteries, and he has made known to King Nebuchadnezzar what will be in the latter days. Your dream and the visions of your head as you lay in bed are these. And he goes on and tells him what I told you earlier. He basically said your kingdom's going to, be destroyed, and eventually be wiped out. And in verses 46 and 47 is where I'll stop. Then King Nebuchadnezzar fell upon his face and paid homage to Daniel. I, I would encourage you to read the interpretation of that dream that Daniel gave him. And you will marvel that he paid him homage. Paid homage to Daniel and commanded that an offering and incense be offered up to him. The king answered and said to Daniel, Here's what I wanted. Truly, your God is God of gods and Lord of kings and a revealer of mysteries, for you have been able to reveal this mystery. You know, I think he paid homage to Daniel not because of the content of what he said, but because he realized that he could only have gotten what he got by divine inspiration. He realized, you know what, I got a bunch of uh, wise men who manipulate, they scheme, they do a lot of things, but, you know, they're a bunch of con men and jokers, but you are the real deal you are the genuine article and you know what the god that you serve is the real thing your god is greater than any god i know he's greater than my gods imagine what kind of admission that is this is a pagan king (laughs) all right this is not a man who worships the lord this is a pagan king Who had a problem? Who was greatly troubled? A great man, I guess, that had accomplished great things, he'd conquered many nations. He was the epitome of what that kingdom would ever be, was under his rulership. And how many of you know, it doesn't matter how accomplished you are in life, you're not exempt to life challenges. You're not exempt to fears, you're not exempt to troubles. And here is a mighty man who's having ser- a series of dreams that is totally tearing him up inside. And he wanted to know so badly what they meant that he was willing to reward greatly whoever could tell him. And he was willing to wipe out all of his wise men if they couldn't do it. Just, if you can't tell me this, there's no, new, no, no use in having you. And here is a young man, well, young men actually, thrust into a situation that I'm not sure anything could have prepared them for. I would have understood if they spent every day grumbling, griping, and complaining. I would have understood if they cried themselves asleep at night, Reminiscing about a beloved home that they miss. A community and ways that they're familiar with. The ability to worship in the temple of God and freely freely worship and freely serve him and honor him. But they can't very well do those things. Where they're at, can they? I don't know. I I I liked I like to think about those things because it helps me relate. It helps me pull what I need from that to apply it here and to apply it in my situation. I am encouraged because of what I read in these young men who didn't have a priest, didn't have an adult leader to guide them in the things of God, the way to go, the right thing to do, but they were already so strong in the faith, so committed to God so humble before him and so trusting, all right, that they're able to navigate through these landmines that are in front of them. And not only get to the other side, but have real impact and influence in that terrible situation. Imagine that. And I think if they can, then why not me? If they can, why not us? Huh? I may not be able to tell these leaders. I mean, in Oklahoma, we have a lot of leaders that I know that they are having trouble. They got to be having trouble sleeping about the uh, economy, the financial situation of our state, the, the condition of the oil industry and and and, and 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 budgetary things and so forth they're probably having nightmares they're probably looking for solutions they're probably looking for someone to interpret this mess and bring some light to it it give them something that they can use to do what in their heart i believe they really want to do they want to do right by But they'll need someone that might say, you know what, I don't have the answers in my own wisdom, but there's a God in heaven who knows the mysteries. It's a mystery to you, but he has the answers. It may be confusing and jumbled to you, but he knows the way. And be bold enough to say it and believe it. And then go to him in prayer collectively, not just individually, but prayerfully, collectively as well, to receive that answer. And be a, you know, it worked in Babylon. I believe that will enable us to be a positive influence in our, in our cities, a positive influence in our state. If, if if we took that example from Daniel and uh, walked with God in that way, and I would love, I would love to have our leaders, our civic leaders, uh, national leaders, see in the church that we represent a God who is God alone. Lord of lords, that he is a revealer of mysteries. That he is able to reveal to us the answer to some of the mysteries that have beset us over and over and over again. I'm going to ask you to stand. i hope that you know despite the messenger that that the message of the lord spoke to you and reached your heart and, and hopefully challenge you challenges you in an encouraging way not there's no there's no guilt intended here or anything there's no there's no put down Uh gave you a glimpse of my issues in my own household and where my challenges are. But I just believe that there are a couple of things in there that I feel are informative and instructive for us as the people of God. Profound lessons that we can learn from a young fellow who Couldn't have been more than 14 years old. Just a couple of things. While it be tempting that when we find ourselves in worsening circumstances, we ask God for one thing and for some reason uh, what we've What we're experiencing is a couple of rungs below what we've asked. We've been walking along in faith, and all of a sudden we're blindsided. And instead of feeling like we're walking on the golden streets of heaven, we feel like we're walking in the muck and mire of Babylon. What to do, what to do. I would encourage us to reject the temptation to go negative. <laughs> reject the temptation to listen to those voices that may seem appealing, that may be saying some things that 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 appeal to your ear, that tickle your ear. But their motives are not godly motives. So reject those things that would tether themselves to your conscience but aren't of God. Be diligent in that, be vigilant in it. Keep your conscience clean be bold and make a stand before the Lord not necessarily you don't have to do everything publicly but in your heart you make that declaration there is a line that I will not cross I belong to the Lord And as for me and my house, we will serve him. I belong to the Lord and I will strive in every way to conduct myself in a manner worthy of him. I will strive to love others as I love myself. I will strive to love the Lord with all my heart, my emotions, mind, my thoughts, my reasoning, soul, and strength. You know, I believe that that's in, in its simplest form, I believe that Daniel was committed to that, and because of that, his soul, which uh, his conscience—you know, your conscience is like your moral compass. All right, but if it gets skewed, then you can go the wrong direction really fast, right? Lord, we just thank you for uh, we thank you for the example of Daniel, and we thank you for the example of not only him but uh, his friends. And Lord, we're reminded in this situation, in his story, we're reminded that our circumstances don't dictate to us what we're capable of, what we can do in you what you are capable of doing in us and through us. The circumstances don't dictate that. What dictates that, Father God, is us. Whether or not we're going to lean on you, whether or not we're going to obey you, whether or not we're going to humble ourselves before you and trust you in it. Oh God, there's nothing we can't do if we would but do that. Father, I just thank you for the influence that, that is in this room. Influence, Father, to change lives. Influence, Father God, to change communities. Influence, Father God, to change nations. And I just declare that to be, Lord, that we will not just accept things the way that they are. We will not just complain about things the way that they are. But, Father God, we will humble ourselves before you and allow you to show us the way forward, that we might be a blessing to those who don't even know you that they might see the light, our light, the light that we have in us of Christ Jesus and glorify our God which is in heaven. We pray this, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, guys, it's already, uh, I think I got done this early last time I preached, so. I hope that's at least something positive you got out of that, is that you guys get getting an early jump on lunch. But uh, God bless you guys. I love you guys. If uh, anyone uh, uh, needs any prayer or has anything you want to talk about, feel free to come up. I'll be happy to dialogue with you. But just uh, have a wonderful holiday, barbecue, lots of food, eat lots of food. Be safe on the lake. <laughs> and God bless you all.